Thanks, Vlad. Well, um, good morning, everybody. Y'all look great. So awake at 9.30 in the morning. My heavens, that's early. Um, so usually I'm out here sitting with you, and, and this is what I'd be thinking. I'd be thinking, can't Lad come back up here? Where's Dave? Why can't he be speaking? And, and the reason I'd be thinking that, oh, the other thing I'd be thinking is like, can I run over to the other building? Maybe there's a better person over there preaching. Maybe I can get over there. But they just listened to me over there, so it, it, it won't work this time. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because the preaching here at K2 is so good. It's so awesome. And, and I, I look forward to coming every week. I mean, you take, oh, we saw some pictures of there. I mean, uh, someone like Dave Nelson and his holy crow enthusiasm. He's going to take us out there. We're going to go follow Jesus. Or you take someone like Ladd, and, and he's got that kind of movie star, rock star voice, you know, talking. And, and I was thinking of doing an imitation, but I just don't think I could do it justice. And his stories about Africa that are just so awesome. I mean, I just love to listen to Ladd preach. And, and lately, arts director uh, Mike Rutledge has been a favorite because he's so funny. He's got the timing of a comic. And, and what I enjoy about Mike is, is that he'll be telling a story, and then all of a sudden he'll be off somewhere else over here. And it really has nothing to do with what he's talking about, but I love those stories. And so I'm going to share with you one of those kind of stories. I was thinking about, you know, the surprising thing is that people still come up to me and want to let me know that I don't have any hair. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you know that you're bald? Oh, I got a brother out there. <laughs> or they get mad at me and they go, but you're bald. It's like they're angry at me and they have to inform me again of what my hair status is. Um, my favorite time was when I went to uh, Honduras on a missions trip. We were out uh, shoveling dirt and things were going really well. And I had a hat on and it just got so hot I took my hat off. And there was a little boy that was right by me and he looked up and he went, Pelon, Pelon, which you now know in Spanish means bald. Uh, so some of my good friends now call me Pelon. It's, a, it's, it's an awesome name. Uh, the reason I tell you that, besides having a cool haircut, I think there's something that you can learn from me. And the reason I, I say that is because each week that I come to K2, I learn from you. I have learned so much from each person I've met here at K2. And so I'm, I'm hoping you'll give me a chance as we talk about how we can serve others. And so we're going to go to our Bibles uh, at first. And uh, so if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be going to uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 or 10. Also, uh, my wife pointed out to me, there's, uh, if you, you have the U version of the Bible on your phone, uh, K2 now loads up the scriptures that we're talking about, so you can pull up your phone and pull up the verses from there, or you can check out your Facebook status while you're sitting in church if you want to do that as well, um, or you can look at it up here on the screen. So we're going to go to uh, Galatians chapter 6, uh, let me see, I did have it in here, chapter 6, verses ten, uh, 9 and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And the reason I picked this verse was because it was, it's a verse that actually means a lot to me. Um, a few years ago, uh, things got fairly dark for me. And I'm not sure if you've ever experienced where life just got really, really tough, where you just didn't feel like you wanted to get out of bed where you didn't feel like you had anything to offer, where you felt like, you know, it would just be better if I wasn't here anymore. 
I'm not sure if all of you, I know I've talked to some of you who've experienced those same kind of thoughts before, and things can get dark. You just, you just, you're not seeing things correctly. And I, I have a great life. I have a blessed life. I have everything to live for. But there, there was a time where things were just dark, and I was feeling weary. And I, I met a, a woman from a polygamous community, and she said, Paul, you're just weary from doing good. And so that verse really lifted me up that somehow I needed to find a way to keep doing good, but find a way that I, I wasn't so weary. And, um, and, and last month, for some reason, those dark, those dark thoughts came up again, where I, just, I was just really struggling with life. And so I decided to pray, even though that was a time where I really didn't want to pray. If any of you have been there where you know you should pray, but you don't want to pray? Well, that's the way I felt. And so I just said, God, I just, I, I, I don't know how to keep going on. I don't know what to do. And all I could hear was serve others. Those two words, serve others. That somehow if I didn't think I had meaning in my life, that somehow there was something that I could do that would benefit others. And so even though I didn't feel like praying, I didn't feel like serving, I didn't feel like doing anything, God had asked me to serve others and that actually there would be a benefit for me if I did do that. Um, um, thank you. <laughs> Stay with me. I'm, I'm not done yet. <laughs> um, and let me tell you what Jesus said about uh, those who are weary, about people who are weary and what, what life is like. And it's in Matthew chapter 11, and it's verses 28 through 30. And Jesus said this. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So all of us get weary, but Jesus promises that if we, if we are weary and do good under him, if we're serving under him, that it's going to be light, that it's going to be easy, that there's going to be joy, that we're going to feel better because under Jesus, things are good. If we're weary from other things that's not with Jesus we're going to get burdened and that, that yoke is going to be heavy but under Jesus it's going to be light and we're going to feel better I thought about it that if you stop at doing nothing then you will be sure to be missing everything and I wanted to share with you what some other people have said about serving others first uh, Albert Einstein he said only a life lived for others is a life worthwhile and then Anne Frank she said, how wonderful it is that nobody needs to wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. And then the next one is from Edmund Burke, who said, and this is actually my favorite one, he said, nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. And I know there are people out there here that think that you can only do a little. Big mistake. You can do something, and it's going to make a difference. And then finally from Gandhi, who said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So think about that. So in the scripture, we learned that the second part of the message is that we need to persevere and we'll be rewarded at the proper time. And I was hoping you'd think about what's something that you had to do that was really hard in life, that you stuck it out, that you didn't give up, you didn't quit. Can anybody think of something that you've done where you just didn't give up? Go ahead. I mean, you can actually yell it out if you'd like. Boot camp. Oh, that sounds tough. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking of that movie, An Officer and a Gentleman. I ain't going to quit. Anybody else? What's that? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I could give up smoking. I'm glad I didn't take it up. Yeah. Anything else? It's tough? What's that? 
Grad school. Awesome. Yeah, we, I know how smart you are. You're, you're a very smart person. I can't even talk to her. She's so smart. <laughs> um, the thing that I thought about was uh, about a year ago, uh, I decided to start running, which was a, a real surprise because I, I didn't like running. I didn't, I didn't think anybody enjoyed running. Everyone who, uh, who I saw who was running looked miserable. They all looked like this. <laughs> oh, I hate this. But I decided to give it a try, and my goal was to do 5K. And actually, after a short amount of time, I was able to run, not walk, but run five, five uh, kilometers. Then I took up a little bit more and a little bit more. And I did it earlier this year. I did a half marathon. That was pretty tough. And then I thought, you know, I may as well go for it. I'm going to do something really hard. I'm going to try to do a marathon. And I have a confession to make. I still really don't understand running. I don't know how to do it right. I, I really make dumb decisions about how to run. And so I run out of food. I run out of water. I do everything wrong. wrong. And I, so I thought, well, I'm going to do a marathon, but I, I think there's an easier way to do it. I'm going to do one of those races where you run, and then you stop, and then you run, and then you stop. So I found this race where you run six and a half miles, and then you wait for the other person to run six and a half miles. You run six and a half miles, and then you let the other person run six and a half miles. And what I didn't realize was that when you run, and then you stop, your muscles start seizing, and they start cramping up. And so the first two, I'm like, hey, life's good. Third one was like, ah, this kind of hurts. And the fourth one... I was crying. I mean, each, each step, I literally just wanted to stop. But I wanted to, I knew my wife was waiting for me at the other end of the line. I knew my kids were waiting for me. I knew I had to do this, and I didn't want to do it. But the reward was that I did it. I ran 26 and a half miles in one day, and I think I deserve a round of applause. <laughs> I still haven't done a marathon yet, but I think I'm, I'm better prepared, and I understand how things work or don't work when you're running. But the idea here is, is that God, God will reward us at the proper time. It may not be with wealth. It may not be with a new car. But God has a reward for you. If you'll just stick it out, if you'll persevere, he will have a reward for you. And to, to tell you the truth, the greatest rewards I felt like I've gotten from God is when people have given me a word of encouragement. When you're down, when you needed just someone to say, keep going, Paul, you're doing okay. Good job. Way to go. So God, and, and God will tell us that. Sometimes he will just encourage us and make us feel better about ourselves. But, but the idea that Paul said is, is that if we persevere, if we keep going, God will reward us at the proper time. And so um, the one thing I'd like you to think about is, is that you could actually be blessed by someone who's sitting right by you right now. And, um, but the, the one thing that I've discovered is I like meeting people out here in the lobby but when I come in here, I don't really want to talk to anybody. So you know that part, and I'm wondering, did Lad make you stand up and talk to each other? He didn't make you do that. Okay, well, that's the part I hate. I hate where I got to stand up, and then suddenly I got to talk to this person who's standing next to me. I get really, really shy. I get really, really nervous, and I don't like to do it. And so I, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Today I'm going to teach you the nod. And the nod is you look over at your neighbor... Like this, and you say, hey, how you doing? I'm glad you're sitting there. I'm going to go back and see what this guy's saying over here. <laughs> or Mike taught me another one, the gun. Hey, like that. So for a few moments, I want you to practice your nod and your gun, and I'm going to invite two people to come up and sit with us and, and talk for a little while. How you doing? Oh, the wave, the wave will work.
So, what do you think of the nod? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Okay, cool. Um, so I invited uh, Katerina Elzog and Allison Wickle up here to talk to you a little bit about uh, serving others. These are two people who have benefited from uh, being served and have benefited from serving others. And um, last week I was in this lobby here and I ran into uh, Katerina and she was selling G-Love boxes, these boxes that you give as gifts to the homeless people. And I was wondering, uh, Katerina, you told me last time, you're, you're 15 years old. What does a 15-year-old care about the homeless? Why, how did that happen? Well, it started a long, long time ago when I was about in fifth grade. And, <laughs> and I, I remember being dragged to Sugar House Park. Sugar or, House Park. <laughs> yeah, all the homeless Pioneer people Park. up at Sugar House Park. Park. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I did not want to serve. I kind of was like, why am I here? And then my dad was like, here, give this Bible to somebody. And I was like, okay, why does somebody need a Bible? And so I gave it to him, and I just saw his whole life change, like in like a matter of three seconds. And it it changed me because I saw his reaction, and it made me want to serve the homeless more and more. Which is cool. And, and, and the thing that's amazing about Katerina is not only is she working to serve the homeless, she is working at Adventure Canyon, she's working with the youth groups, and she's been on uh, mission trips all around the world. And I'm wondering, why, why, why do you want to give in so many different ways? Well, because every single place that I serve gives something back to me in a different way. I feel like every time I serve, I get a different reaction. Like, I could be in Adventure Canyon, and the kids don't have no idea that I'm there taking my own time serving them. But they just love me, and they just love me back, and I'm just so excited to teach them about Jesus. But then, on the other hand, I, could, I, was, I was in Vertical, which is our middle school uh, group, and... I loved it so much I didn't want to leave and all my leaders poured out to me every single week and and they changed my life and now I am back in vertical teaching them the new middle schoolers and they changed my life so every single place just gives you a different response awesome so what what would you tell people your age about whether or not should they serve. I mean, I, if I was a 15-year-old kid, I'd think, man, I already have to go to church. Um, why, why, would you want, why would you tell someone your age that they, not only do they want to go to church, but they want to serve a church? Well, because you meet so many people, and all those people that you're serving with love Jesus in the exact same way that you do. And you just build relationships, and you, you can see the change you've made. And so uh, my advice to you is just go out and find a place, because everywhere here needs you. Awesome. Okay. We're going to ask Allison a few questions. I met Allison a couple of years ago at uh, the Crash Course, which is a 12-week uh, membership uh, course here at K2, and actually is a great way to get to, to know other people. And um, Allison, when I first uh, met you, uh, you were kind of shy. You didn't ask any questions. You didn't talk. What, what was going on? Why, why, why were you so hesitant to uh, join in the discussion when we first met? Well, um, First of all, I didn't know anybody. I was very, very new to K2 and just decided to jump in. Didn't know anybody. Felt like if I opened my mouth, everybody would realize how much I don't know. Um, and I'd look stupid. I also am a crier. So I was scared <laughs> that if I talked, I would start to cry. And then everybody would 
not want to talk to me because she's going to cry. So um, at first I was very quiet and reluctant. And then once I got to know Paul and his beautiful wife, Jenna, I just, and all the people in the crash group, man, it was just so easy. And everybody accepted me even when I cried. So um, it was easy to start talking eventually. And she talks, and she's funny, and she's hilarious, and she's not shy at all, and so it's been really wonderful. The other thing that, that struck me about Allison was that from the, from the get-go, she wanted to find a way to serve at K2. And one of the things she uh, volunteered to do is called Still Store. And I'm not sure if you know what Still Store is, but it's where, where you see the, the, the scriptures or the verses up here on the screen. Well, when, when those are put up there, a person puts them up there, and if they go at the right time, they can make you look really, really good because everybody can read along and things look great. <laughs> But if you're rude to that person or if we don't have a very good person do it, they can actually make you look really, really bad. So it's really important that the person who does Still Store is doing a really good job. So, Allison, how did, how did you end up doing a Still Store? I mean, wh- wh- how did that come about? Well, at first, I didn't know where to serve. This was such a different faith for me coming from a different background. Um, I didn't know what the needs were. I didn't know where the opportunities were. I didn't even know how to tell somebody I wanted to volunteer. Like, what do I... I was waiting for somebody to come and tell me, hey, we need you here, go. And nobody did, obviously. So just one day I decided, no, I'm sitting on this card. I'm just going to fill it out. So I put my name down, and Shannon um, gave me a call from K2 and said, no, we could really use you. We need you. Here, I've got this position. She said, still store. That meant nothing to me. I didn't understand. I'm not technical, but decided she told me she would train me. They would train me. They wouldn't just throw me to the wolves, and I said yes, and it was the best decision, I, or, you know, easiest yes I've done, but just the best decision I've ever made. And why? why what was it about doing that job that uh, changed things for you? Well, first of all, I got to, like, if, if I did it right and did my job correctly, then Worship went well, and everybody got to feel the spirit instead of not knowing the words and stumbling. So I tried so hard to do such a good job to help everybody feel the spirit. Um, Also, I got to meet so many new people, coming from not knowing anybody to meeting so many wonderful people that through Crash and through working, serving here, some of my very best friends. Including me. Exactly. Uh, And that's why I invited you. Um, and something's happened since then. Because of saying yes to that very small job, you now have a really big responsibility at K2. Can you tell people about that? I have recently been hired on staff with K2 as the Adventure Canyon Elementary Director. Very nice. So what, what advice would you give to these folks about whether they should serve here at K2? Um, jump in. Um, I didn't know what my spiritual gifts were. I would hear... Uh, Dave up here talking about your spiritual gifts as soon as you accept Jesus Christ. I was like, well, pretty new to this. I have no idea what my gifts are. Where do I serve? I just jumped in. I signed that card and just followed God. And now looking back, you know, if you had asked me five years ago or told me that I was going to be on staff at K2, I would have told you you're out of your mind. But just because I followed God. And that's what I decided. I didn't know where to serve or where to go, but I just decided I'm going to go where God is. I'm just going to follow. And now here I am incredibly blessed and have so many friends. And this is my family. 
Cool, thanks. Well, we were actually going to have a third person here. Uh, Eunice McClendon is someone I met here at uh, K2. I think we have a picture of her. Uh, unfortunately, Thursday uh, she got in an accident and she had to be hospitalized, so, so she couldn't join us. But Eunice is a, an amazing woman. She's 82 years old, and she really uh, changed my idea and what my expectations of what, what K2 or what God could do to someone who's 82 years old. Uh, Eunice started coming to K2. She loved coming to K2. She, I met her in the crash course and just really has become a very, very dear friend. And so I, I talked to her by phone last night. And I just want to share with you some of the questions I had for Eunice and what she shared back with me. Um, first of all, I, I wanted to know, she stopped going to church. She used to be a very active church member, and then she stopped going for a long, long period of time. And I said, what made you decide to come back to church? And she said... Well, my son and daughter had become Christians, and I went to church with them, and I just loved it, and I kept going. And I also remember that in, in the crash course, she had a lot of questions. She really would drill me with what K2 stood for, what Christianity was all about, and I asked her why she had all those questions, and she said this. She said, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to truly believe in Jesus, I needed to understand what I was going to be asked to believe. I was confused by the Trinity, but started reading the Bible and learned how God needed to come in the flesh. And then the, the thing that also amazed me about Eunice is that she didn't want to just come to church and sit. She became a greet, greeter. She, she's one of those lovely people that hand you your brochure or your, or your papers when you walk into the, to church. And I asked her why she did it. And she said, because it's wonderful. I love seeing people and enjoying their presence. And my last question to her is, what advice would you give to others thinking of serving? And here's her response. She said, do it. It's such a thrill to know you're serving Jesus. You will love it. Eunice is an amazing woman. And, and uh, a year ago, a after uh, getting to know her, something very special happened. I think we have a video of it up here. I will live it, and I'll try to get other people to see what it is because it is my life now. Jesus is my life. Jesus is her life. Let's give uh, Eunice, Katerina, and Allison a hand. Thanks, you guys. So uh, later on in Galatians, if, if, if you still have your Bibles out, uh, Paul uh, said this. He said in verses uh, 14 and 15, he said, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified in me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. So what counts is a new creation? And what you saw here are three new creations because they allowed people to serve them and because they served others. So the third part of our message is, is that we should do good to everyone, especially other believers. And... Um, I was started thinking about ways we could be good to other people and about ways that we could be good to people here in the church. And, and what Allison was talking about, finding out what our gifts are. What is it that we're good at? And I was thinking about my gifts. And, and, and my gift is, is that I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> I don't know how to fix a car. I don't know how to fix a house. I don't know how to fix anything. So if something breaks... I'm, I'm in a panic because I really don't know how to fix anything. And when I first moved back to Utah, I didn't have any money, and I desperately needed a job. And a friend of mine, uh, his brother, offered me a job as a construction foreman. <laughs> 
And uh, our job was to go build sets for uh, convention centers and then tear them down. And so a guy who knows absolutely nothing about fixing things was being asked to be in charge of 10 guys to go build and tear things down. So I, I knew I didn't know how to fix anything, but I, I was smart enough to do this. When we would show up on the job, I would get the guys together, and they'd say, so, Paul, what, what, what should we do first? And I would say, what do you think we should do first? <laughs> and that's what we would do. I, I, I didn't last in that job very long, but I learned a very valuable lesson. I still really don't know how to fix anything. Um, so they're, they're actually, they probably do need people here at K2 to fix things. I won't be volunteering for that job. But I've got a short video I'm going to show you about some of the jobs, some of the things you could consider of doing here at K2. Can you believe those numbers? If you, if you think about it, if, you, if, if those of you are just adding things in your head, more than 200 people are needed each week to put on a service here at K2. So to be able to park your car, to be able to get a cup of coffee, to be able to sit down, to listen to the sermon, to hear the worship music, to do all that, it takes more than 200 people to do that. And a lot of people think, you know, we got it covered, everything's taken care of. Apparently there's people here doing that stuff. There's the guy right there in the camera, back there in that booth, there's a bunch of people. And behind every, everything, there's all these people who are out there serving others. And the truth is, we need you. We need you to think about, can you sing, can you dance, can you teach, can you preach, can you, can you uh, serve coffee, can you say hello to someone, can you do any of these things? If, if, if you're living and breathing, the truth is we need you, we need your help. So I, I want you to, to, to think back to that, that verse again, it says, it was in Galatians, where, where Paul said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, and you do have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So, one, don't get weary in doing good. Two, persevere and will be rewarded at the proper time. And three, do good to everyone. And I want you to think about really what it is that you can do. If you want to meet people, then greet people. If you want to learn something, then teach something. If you want to learn to be like Jesus, serve like Jesus. And I really want you to think about what it is I can do today. Out, outside here, uh, I think in three different areas, there, there are some palm trees, believe it or not. And there's going to be people there, or you have these cards here where you can sign up, but you could talk to people at the palm trees who could tell you how you could volunteer here at K2. And I, I'm asking you to do this not because you, I, I, I want you to check off a list that says, I'm a good person, or that this is going to be your ticket to heaven. I'm asking you to do this because, one, you'll glorify God who has been so good to you. You will, you will bless other people. You truly will bless other people. And three, for the very selfish reason, you will be truly blessed if you do those things. So I want to encourage all of you to volunteer and to think about how you can serve God here at K2. So with that, I'm going to say a prayer. And... Uh, and while I'm praying, I want you to be thinking about those things. So, Father, uh, thank you for this time together. Thank you, God, that you, you love us, that you designed us exactly the way we are. We can't do all things, but we can do something. And, and God, I, I, I'm just asking that you would place on everyone who's sitting here today that you would put on their heart where they could serve you and serve other people. And God, I, I know how I've been blessed by uh, being with other people. And, and God, I'd ask you to bless these people that they would truly get to know their brothers and sisters here at K2 by serving them. And God, we ask for these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.